You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hour 2, Utah Car Sense here on The Zone Sports Network. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Eric Jensen producing for us today. I'm Austin Horton. Joined by Roger Parkin. General Sales Manager of the Southtown Store there in the Automall Drive. Roger, uh, before we get back into things, football is in action today. Currently, currently you've got the uh, Tar Heels of North Carolina up 7-3 to three on Syracuse. Six and a half left in the first half in some ACC action there. And then you've got number 23, Iowa State, up 7 nothing. Oh, no, no, Louisiana. Raging Cajuns just tied it up, 7-7, four (laughs) minutes left in the first half. It's fun to have football on the TV, Roger. Yes, it is. It's about time. So uh, grateful. Uh, You know, you're going to – we are big fans of BYU this year here at The Zone because we have someone to talk about and and to follow (laughs) and to report on. Boy, what a uh, 180 degree switch on that, isn't there? With the, the <laughs> U, uh, their whole uh, athletic department on furlough and yeah, tough. Week one national champions BYU. I might Week add. one national champs BYU. Yeah. I, I just ask them. Free, just annihilated. What was it, Navy? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Did they even show up? <laughs> Apparently, Navy didn't even practice really uh, before the game. So. Uh, what an embarrassment, man. Yeah, it was a shellacking. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it's exciting to have football uh, to watch and talk about, and we'll have you covered right here on The Zone, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, we've got at, uh, last Thursday night's game, you had two players between the two of them, their contracts are worth $633 million. Oh, in the, the Chiefs and Texans game? Yes. Between uh, Over half a billion dollars tied up in two players. Whew. Really half a billion tied up in one. Yeah, there's chump change. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm not as big into the NFL as I am in college, but this year I am. You better believe it. You I'm have all some entertainment, Austin. In fact, uh, Eric, you do an NFL podcast, don't you? Why don't you, why don't you plug that real quick? Oh wow! Yeah. Thank you, Austin, for this beautiful moment. Uh, the End Zone podcast. Go check that out. It's on everything. So End Zone, <laughs> one word, and then podcast the other yeah we talked about the nfl i mean your tennessee titans play my denver broncos in uh in week one on monday night austin how you feeling about that well uh for fun on the big show i picked a cowboys titans super bowl Ooh. even though even though i don't believe it at all it's a possibility though the titans are a good team i just wanted to do something that would uh be fun and so I picked those two teams. Titans are a good team. Uh, my question for you, Eric, is I feel like the Broncos, and maybe I'm the only person in America that feels this, I think the Raiders are going to finish ahead of the Broncos. I think Broncos are going to be bringing up the caboose there in the AFC West. Yeah, there's a there's a possibility. Losing Von Miller really hurts. Cortland Sutton's out for a little while, it sounds like, with an AC joint in his shoulder. Raiders are a good team. Credit, credit Lloyd Cole, you know. They, 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 they are they, – they could they have the potential to be pretty fun. I'm pretty excited to watch Henry Ruggs play, and I, I, I love their running back, Josh Jacobs. But obviously the big question mark is uh, Derek Carr, a totally middling quarterback. So. He might be, but he's not Drew Locke. 
So uh, that's, that's well. Drew Lock's a mystery. We know what Derek Carr is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't you, don't uh, you find but... it interesting that Elway has not been able to draft or develop a good quarterback? Yeah, no, it's it's pretty wild. I am on the record several times as saying I just don't think John Elway's a good GM. I don't, nope. I don't think he should have that job. I think he should have been fired years ago. And well, they, that that job was in the making back when he was a quarterback when they weren't paying him. But yeah, the, the yeah. issue is the Bolins. There is such continuity at ownership there, and the Bolins will never forget what he has done for the franchise. So their their brains are tricked into <laughs> into thinking that. He's still this monumental piece that they need to succeed. If I had my way, I'd take my favorite Broncos quarterback of all time, Peyton Manning, and put him in the GM spot. Uh, I think he'd be fantastic. He'd probably be really good at it, but why would he do that? He'd take a pay cut to not do all those commercials he's doing. I, why not do both? I mean, why, why not be the first hey, outwardly hey, visible got, GM? He's got his Papa John's franchises. He was well paid. Uh, he's got everything. Was it nationwide? He's but in everything. The funniest yeah. sports moment of all time was uh, after Super Bowl 50. If you watch the video, the first person Peyton Manning sees after the win and embraces is Papa John. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he regrets that. Yeah. Most, in retrospect. It is oh. one of the most hilarious moments in sports history and, and an image that is deeply ingrained in my brain well we got uh, we got more car stuff to talk about but we also need to hear from you at 855-340-ZONE looking to spread some good vibes today what's the best thing that's happened to you this year 855-340-ZONE but you can call in and ask or talk about anything you'd like our guy bill is back on the show it's been a minute bill how are you sir hey, bill. i'm fine <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, I agree with Eric about the weather. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to. I, I think you ought to do a poll and um, see see what you get for answers on that. Um, but uh, the best thing that ever happened to me this year. Um, it was a few months back, and I was I'm 65 years old, and I should have been doing it anyway. But I was about almost 30 feet up on a ladder uh, cutting limbs off a tree for this one job I was doing. And it was about a limb that was about eight inches across and it kicked on me and it hit me in the face and knocked me me off the ladder. And I fell backward 30 feet and landed on my back on the ground. What? Um, And, um, I laid there for a second, and I'd never experienced anything like it before because all the way down, all I could think of, I'm either going to be dead or crippled. And um, I got up, and I didn't have a scratch on me. Wow. You must be living right. I I don't know about that, but uh, (laughs) I'm I'm 160 pounds soaking wet, so it wasn't padding that that saved me there. There probably was an angel underneath there, and they, if they were, they're still laying there. Uh, <laughs> it smashed it flat. But, uh, wow. Yeah. So glad to yeah. hear you're okay. That's a miracle. That is. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it was. It was a miracle. I. Uh, I. I had one other thing I wanted to say. It wasn't about cars, but it was about football. And uh, yeah. I just want to say this. 
don't crown BYU national champions because uh, they're going to get beat by Army this weekend. <laughs> if, they, <laughs> if, they, <laughs> if they get beat by Army this weekend, oh boy, that's or that's next weekend. Yeah, that's... Nonsense, Bill. I've heard so many BYU fans tell me that they are the definitive national champions. They can't be wrong. <laughs> well, I I can't I can't wait to see Army win, and then I'd like to have a personal. <laughs> phone call to Gordon Monson. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, got, I, 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 I thought, uh, I thought at once, one time there, uh, this week, as I listened to Gordon, that, uh, uh, he was, uh, he had Moroni staying at his house this week or something <laughs> because he was really crazy. Oh, well, that's because I think he was really down on BYU and thought Navy might beat him. And then that didn't turn out nearly close to being accurate. And so he figured, oh, I better be a little nicer to BYU the following week. Yeah, I'd like a dollar for every time this week I've heard, oh, that offensive line demolished Navy. I've never seen an offensive line like that in my life. We'll look at Armies next week, and you'll see one just like it. No, okay. All right, right, Bill, the biggest Ute fan in in the state. I love it. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, buddy. That's I hope you're funny. well. And glad, wow, glad to hear you're fine after falling 30 feet on your back. Jeez, I need to have Bill around more often. Have some of that good luck rub off on me. That's crazy. 855-340-ZONE. Uh, Alex is waiting for us. Hi, Alex. Good morning, Alex. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing today? We're wonderful. Hey. Thanks for calling in. So uh, the thing that I wanted to say that I was grateful for, so – um. Uh, about two and a half years ago, diagnosed with leukemia, um, and a year battle. But uh, a month and a half ago in July, uh, she she had her last chemotherapy treatment, and she's done with chemotherapy now, and and she's in remission and doing really good. So that's what I'm grateful for this year. We we oh, missed who it was. Who who is it? Oh. I'm sorry. It's my four-year-old daughter, Emma. Oh my gosh! And she's in remission yeah. now. Thank she God. She is. She's in remission and she's doing really good. And That's and so awesome. yeah, this, this year's been even with the pandemic and everything. This is probably my favorite year that I've had, just because <laughs> we're done with sure with that. Oh, I can't. But, I can't even try. I don't want yeah. to try and imagine watching your child go through something so awful. And congrats to to Emma and you and and your loved ones. What a, what a what a strong yeah. little girl. That's amazing. She is, man. She's a t- she's a tough SOB, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, thank you Alex. We needed to hear yeah. that. Thanks for sharing that Appreciate with us. Awesome. Thanks. Uh that's those that's what that's what this is all about, right? There you go. Uh when, when you perspective, doesn't it? When you think that for only 4% of what's gathered for cancer research is given to pediatric cancer research, to hear about a four-year-old beating it and coming through on the other side and being stronger for it and the inspiration she's going to serve now to everyone that just heard Alex share that, but especially to Alex and his wife, and that's that's the story. I love to hear that stuff. That's really incredible. Hey, while we wait for more phone calls at 855-340-ZONE, Roger, I want to talk to you about this really cool invention uh, that I saw on Autoblog a few weeks ago. Uh, th- th- it's called. It's an attachment that is going to give manual wheelchairs motorized off-roading abilities. Really? 
Uh, it, it, this is, oh, whoops, where did this go? It, it's in celebration of the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Yeah. Uh, the Autoblog shared this video. It's a, an off-road in your wheelchair with this rugged track attachment. It's called Freedom Tracks, T-R-A-X. It's a motorized track attachment for manual wheelchairs, adding the ability to traverse virtually any terrain like sand, snow, and mud. It's designed to fit wheelchairs between 17 inches and 26-inch wheel width. It's powered by a 24-volt lithium-ion battery and can carry up to 250 pounds. The attachment is controlled with a joystick and has five miles of range with a full battery. It's currently priced at $6,570, uh, which is, you know, th- 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 that's not cheap. Uh, yeah, it's not cheap, but man, that's and looking at it online, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's like these little uh, bulldozer treads that connect on the bottom of the manual wheels, and it takes you anywhere. I, uh, I had the experience in college to we had a a, a friend in the co- the apartment complex we lived that was uh he had fallen or no excuse me in a diving accident at 19 years old he had become paralyzed from the sternum down and he was bound to a wheelchair and he was just this amazing person but all he wanted to do I went to college in Utah County all he wanted to do was climb Mount Timpanogos but we didn't have anything like this and well, so, that's tough even if you're not, if you if you can walk. Seriously, it's, have you ever done it? Well, that I've done it once, and what we <laughs> did is we we built with his roommate was an was an engineer major, and he built this rig that was essentially it was really primitive. It was just long two by fours with a lawn chair uh, that he bolted and welded to this this rig, and we strapped him into that chair and we carried him up Mount Timpanogos. Wow, that's uh, some friends for you. It was it was probably the that's, hardest thing I've ever done, but it was amazing to see him have that experience and, and to to be part of it and just be in the background of sharing in his joy on that. And then I see an invention like this, and I think of all the families out there who have kids that are in wheelchairs or or themselves that are in wheelchairs and they can't mm-hmm. experience the outdoors of our beautiful state three weeks of good weather in a year or not they <laughs> and then they have this this opportunity and i just love to see things like that it's really good news that's incredible now we were talking last hour roger about used cars and how there's a yeah. huge demand for them there was a, an article on cars.com that explored the idea of how many miles is too many miles before you uh, shouldn't consider buying that used car and I feel like there's so many different factors that go into that's, that. That's a really loaded question. It is, isn't it? Because it really is. when you're looking at, uh, you know, every factor from, well, first let's look at a title and what's the story with the title and yeah. uh, the, the service records and on and on. But is there a number that you have that raises a red flag uh, per model when you're looking at used cars, Roger? Not, not really. Um, it really depends on the car. You, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It depends on how well it was maintained and serviced. How, you know, just like the care people have taken over time. It's not miles. Don't kill cars. It seems like as much as sometimes time does, hmm. or lack of caring about a car. 
I personally have owned cars with a couple hundred thousand miles on them. Um, before I got rid of, I bought a couple of cars that I used, you know, for hauling my dogs up to go run in the mountains and get muddy and cruddy, and I didn't have to really worry about them. Hmm. Uh, I've owned several with 220, 230,000 miles on them. And you just know when you, at that mileage, you're going to get some time out of it. And, you know, the decision becomes, is it worth repairing it or getting rid of it? And at one, some point in time, it comes to get rid of it because the car is only worth two or three or four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's like I say, it just really depends on a whole host of things. The one thing I would strongly advise anyone, if you're buying a car with that or looking at a car with that kind of mileage on it, take it to a good reputable mechanic, have it checked out first. Mm. Because there's things that, you know, they, they mechanics see things, they know things and, and, they can check it out and see what's going on with the car and see what they think about it. And that, you know, there is obvious you're, you're directing that at wherever you're going to buy that, that car. Oh, I'm directing it across the board. Right. Whether it be private or, or a, a business that you're yep. doing that transaction with. Yeah, uh, you know, a car with that kind of mileage, we would not put that through our shop because yeah. we would spend more on that car than it's worth to get to where we'd want to sell it. Mm-hmm. So we would sell those as mechanic specials, and we advise. I mean, those cars come with no warranty; it's buyer beware. But we highly recommend people before they buy that to run it to a shop, have it inspected, see what's wrong with it, so they go into it with their eyes wide open, so they're not surprised by anything. And most people will do that. There's a few that don't, but uh, you know, you just have to be really diligent in your checking the car out is it better if someone's out there sitting on a car that's two hundred and forty thousand miles or whatever and they're thinking boy i'd like to get in a new one i'd like to trade this in but i got too many miles on on this old gal i don't know if i sh- if i'd even get a dollar uh, on the trade in is, is it better has, to, to come in and at least look at what they could get every car has value i mean something if you're up at a quarter million miles it's going to be worth a couple three hundred bucks probably okay um there's cars that defy that, but you know, there's always value in every car. Part you might want to just donate it to like kidney car or something. Get a you know, well if you can get a tax write off anymore, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, with the way they've changed everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of these cars we just will send to tear apart and have let them part them out. Yeah. So uh, uh, so you know, at least explore it, look into it. Don't don't if you're yeah. driving around out there thinking I'm just gonna have to drive this into the ground. Well, while you're driving it into the ground, drive it down and have it appraised and see what you can get for it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean I've I've had several cars over the years that I bought brand new and put a hundred and forty thousand miles on them. Hmm. So and then get bored of them and get rid of them. And then I've <laughs> gone back to leasing now, so I don't I don't do that. You know, we're in and out of a car every couple of years and I really like all the new safety features coming down the pipeline and, you know, so leasing fits that bill perfectly. What do you think is the, the, and this, it's, it's another loaded question because everyone's situation is so different from <laughs> you who work at a, at a car store to someone who doesn't have access like that. What do you think is the number one driving factor in deciding it's time for a different vehicle? You mentioned get bored with it and find another one. 
Uh, that's certainly well, a factor some people might have. But what do you think is the number one reason people want to switch cars? I, well, number, I think a lot of people do get bored. <laughs> I mean, you look at car, people trading out. Now, probably the number one factor is their needs change. Hmm. You know, they have a baby, kids leave home. They, their wants and desires for recreation change. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of trucks sold this year with COVID, you know, because people are wanting to buy trailers and tow those and travel. And so I think it's probably just needs, your needs change is the number one driver. Yeah. So, but boredom's right up there. Yep. I, I think that a lot. Boredom I think is right up there, my friend. That is a, <laughs> here in the first world, we get bored of a lot of things <laughs> really quickly that are yeah. still really valuable. So we, we do. We, uh, it's not the shiny bobble anymore. Mm. <laughs> you got to have the latest, greatest. I mean, look at cell phones. How often do you change your cell phone? Right. I mean, my, <laughs> that's my, a loaded question for you. It is. Well, my wife sells cell I phones. I know that. <laughs> and she she's a she has it's a it's a it's a tough subject for us because she will take any and all cell phones that people don't want anymore and keep them because she she collects them and, and she has like seven cell phones uh, that that she carries around. I'm not exaggerating. I on the <laughs> other hand never get update my cell phone. Never 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 really? never until she finally says you're getting a new cell phone or you're not coming home today. And then, uh, I, and then she, she gets me, and I'm always grateful. I always like yeah. the new phone, but I'm really slow. I do not like change. You're not an early adopter. No, I I don't like I don't like my routine being disrupted. Oh, I love change. <laughs> love it. Ah, uh, I wish I could say that. Oh, cell phone for me is good. it's good for two years max. Two years, huh? That's the max. Oh, I, I beat them up. I drop them. I use them. You know, you run your life off your cell phone anymore. It's kind of sad. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll come back on the other side. we got one more segment, a half hour left here on Utah Carsons. More of your phone calls. The best thing that's happened to you this year, 855-340-ZONE. Also, there's an article on Autoblog about CVT. And, yeah. Roger, you've got some answers for us on that. Uh, maybe some people are aware. Others may not be. The pros and cons of CVT. What is it? I'll tell you about it next here on Utah Carsons. Wheezy baby. You're listening to Utah Carsons with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh-oh. Welcome back, Utah Carsons, right here on the Zone Sports Network, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Eric Jensen producing. I'm Austin Horton. Roger Parkin, my co-host today from the Southtown store there in the Auto Mall. Roger, uh, we've got a question here from Johnny Lightfoot, my co-host on the Movie Zone, but uh, hey. operations manager, remote tech producer, host. The uh, the guy is uh, uh, wears all hats here at the Zone. And Jack he, of all trades. And uh, a little factoid about Johnny. He was the bass player for Air Supply for several, several years. So, wow. Uh, a guy that uh, knows his way around the world. He said, and he shared this on air before, he's, he put down the, the $100 or whatever it was to, for the new Bronco, a deposit yeah. on that new Bronco. 
But he said to ask you, Roger, the future of cars, is it all electric? Or, or what do you think? Because what he wants to do is he wants something that's right for the environment but also has the room he needs to haul his music equipment. What do you think he should be considering in that regard? Wow, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see the move towards more electric or more hybrid electric. You know, plug-in electric is probably, I think plug-in electric is where you'll see more of it go over time just because you get the better gas mileage, lower emissions, but have the backup of gas if the batteries are low, mm. especially out here in the West. I mean, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg charging stations for, for places. I mean, Tesla at one point in time, they were going to have stations where you could just swap out your batteries rather than sit there and, and uh, charge them. So it'd take maybe five, 10 minutes to do that. Um, but my gut is you'll go to more plug-in hybrid technology. But that new Bronco, oof, that's going to be a sweet vehicle. A lot of people are on board with that one. A lot of people like it. It's got some really, I don't know if you've looked at any of the specs, it's got some really good off-road capabilities. I don't know if they're standard or optional on it, but mm. uh, some of the things that thing can do are pretty impressive. It looks like a sweet machine. They've sure taken their time to get that thing out, and hopefully that means it'll be near perfect for the people. Yeah, it'll never be perfect. There's too, cars are too complicated nowadays as far as all the electronics and computers and you know all the programming that goes on. There's always unintended consequences at times. Mm. <laughs> what about uh, like a, a hybrid-style van? I mean, if he's using it to haul music equipment. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure who makes that, though. Oh, gall. I, I, I think uh, probably Mercedes, <laughs> maybe. I, I know they're having, well, I don't know if they do hybrid or electric in that one, the Sprinter van. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's um, just, yeah. I'm not sure, that's a tough, that's a tough question. Mm. I'm not sure what the right answer to that one is. Well, I, I think that you're, you're, you're right on the first part of the answer. The future of cars for the, for the near future, immediate future, is probably moving more towards that plug-in hybrid. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a pretty pretty neat model. It you know, kind of answers both questions with the cross trek that you know Jeff has one. George just purchased one. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah, he me just that. got it last week. Wow. Um, you know, you're, you can run an electric mode up to sixty miles an hour. So for most of the driving we do around town, yeah, you're pure electric. And but that's, if, yeah, that's a great commuter. Uh, car that you can also then car. use for all kinds of things. Go up in the mountains. You can throw yep. your bike on top, or even in there, uh, you can Very put your skis, your car. snowboards, whatever. But music equipment's not going to really be fitting no. into the cross track. No. Yeah. No, but van wise, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd almost say a diesel van just for getting the mileage out of it. Well, Johnny's not a van guy. I can tell you if he, he's got his deposit well, on the Bronco. Then, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how well that's gonna, how much room that's gonna have inside of it. But the answer we'll right now for Johnny is probably pick one or the other. Do you yeah. want the environment or do you want the sweet ride? Because exactly. there's not a real good marriage between the two for what he's looking for right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, also, let's talk about CVTs, continuously variable transmission. Yeah. This is still, it's been around a while, but it's still relatively new, and a lot of people are getting into new cars and going. Why is my car not changing gear? Because they don't hear that or feel that shift. 
Tell us about it, uh, Roger. What What are the well, pros and cons of CVT? Well, the big pro of the CVT is is efficiency. I mean, I've been in this business just about 30 years, and 30 years ago, we sold 95% manual transmissions versus automatics. And there were two reasons. One, manual transmission was less expensive, but they got significantly more, you know, better gas mileage. Hmm. Now, the gas mileage, you know, we sell 99% automatic 1%, maybe 3% manual transmissions. The CVT transmissions get better fuel mileage than the manual transmissions do. So they become more efficient. Um, the first car that I can remember on a national basis being out there with the CVT was the Nissan Maxima. Okay. And one of their advertisers, was a clever advertisement, had a lady putting on her makeup or lipstick in the mirror as her husband was driving. Oh, I remember that commercial. Waiting yeah. for it to shift and he started doing it, you know, at making the sounds. So that, probably the biggest complaint about CVTs is the, the motor would rev up and rev down and you wouldn't feel the shift. Yeah. Subaru has now pre-programmed in seven or eight shift points in the transmissions. So they feel more like a regular transmission. But you still have the efficiency of it. Yeah, that's I was I was gonna say because a lot of people do say, oh, I I, I need to hear that RPM thing, and I need to hear that it's going into a, a different gear because exactly some people say the CVT might sound like it's constantly in low gear. Yep, uh, and that's not just it's not the case. It just sounds that way because we've been designed and conditioned to have it's, that shift and that little points. jump. Uh, yeah. and I actually really enjoy the smoother ride and i don't mm -hmm. and i and our cross trek and now our forester they had that artificial sound because that's too many people complain and they said well, well let's just put it yep. in an artificial thing so people feel more comfortable which is the whole idea i wouldn't mind not hearing it honestly but i'm probably rare in that regard yeah i i like how they've done it now i i think it makes for a much more enjoyable ride as far as less engine noise, you know, you're just less aware of it, mm. but you, you still have the the functionality and the the efficiency of it. It's it's neat. It's really neat technology, and it works really well with uh, you know your hybrid powertrains. It's just there's a lot of, a lot of good things about it. So where everyone's going for better gas mileage, you really you have the choice of making automatic transmissions with more shift points. You know more gearing so you can get better gas mileage out of them i know my son's uh truck that he has has it's a 10-speed transmission it's slick it's really nice mm. but you know, think about when i started driving you had three on the tree manual transmissions back in the dark ages yeah yeah and then it was four speed and then the big thing was a five speed manual and now most you know a good chunk of the manuals are six speed transmissions but you can get seven, eight, or you can get variable gear ratios out of a CVT. But they usually program, you know, six or seven shift points at them now. And they still use, you get all the efficiency. So they're here to stay, you know, love them, hate them. Because of gas mileage, weight, reliability, they're here to stay. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I've seen three on the tree cars i've never been in one i don't think <laughs> i really don't know if i have in high school i got really good at having my arm around my uh now ex-wife and shifting with my left hand on three on the tree 
Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Shifting with your left hand. Left hand through the steering wheel, three on the tree. Yep. Through the steering wheel. I see. Through I the see. steering wheel. An old 70 something Maverick. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Don't <laughs> do that, kids. I just beat it out there, but you know. <laughs> Man. You know Things what? you do as a teenager. I bet my grandpa's old farm truck was three on the tree. I bet I've been in one, but I was Probably. really, really young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Going back into, but now we're at the CVT where you don't even, they, the, the chain stays the same, essentially the, the length well, it doesn't need to go shorter and longer. Yeah. The, the pulleys go in and out and change the gear ratios on it. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's better fit fuel efficiency, uh, but people do complain about the, the, the stuff that should not be complained about in my opinion. And so they've put in artificial noise and feels and. Well, it works. We're, we're, we're creatures of habit, bud. Yeah. Yep. We don't like we like we like change when it suits us, but we don't like change and stuff that's been that way for your entire life. Yeah, I mean, I was just telling you last segment, I hate change, and now here I am saying, ah, get with the program. Well, you, should, you should adopt it. <laughs> it's situational. It's situational change. Yeah. No, you know, it's it's. I think that's one one interesting thing about the human species is our hate of change from an evolutionary point of view. Seems a little counterintuitive. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good point. Obviously, it serves some purpose, or we wouldn't most most of us feel that way. Hey, uh, I just think you got to embrace that change and enjoy it, and uh, have a new adventure. Keeps you young. Good advice. Good advice. I'll try to follow. I'll try to change well, you won't follow and adopt it, that uh, mindset. <laughs> yes. Eight five five three four zero zone. What's the best thing that's happened to you this year? Eight five five three four zero zone. Meanwhile. GM and Honda are continuing their love affair. Roger. Yeah. Uh, they have formed another alliance this time to share EV tech, combustion engines, and vehicle platforms. Uh, the two automotive Goliaths signed a memorandum of understanding toward uh, establishing an alliance in North America. Earlier this year, it was announced that Honda would be borrowing GM's EV tech to build two electric cars sold under the Honda name in the United States. But this move looks like it has the potential to cement the two companies even closer. As of now, the proposed alliance would have the two collaborating on electric powertrain tech, internal combustion engines, vehicle platforms, connected services like infotainment technology, mm -hmm. purchasing, and general research and development. Honda and GM would collaborate in certain vehicle segments already expressing intentions to share common vehicle platforms. This is not new. This happens all the time. Subaru and Toyota have been together for a long, long time in this regard. Yeah, Subaru, Toyota, uh, Toyota, Mazda. Mazda, yep, uh, yep, yep. Uh, uh, it was Ford Mazda for decades. You know, it's just the automotive industry, the research and development and all of that is so atrociously expensive. that mm. if you can... You know, the, the more lines you can put across, the more help you have with it, but more, you know, more affordable it becomes. And hopefully we all benefit from that germination from all those different points of view. Yeah. Whenever I hear something like this, I, I like to think back to my least favorite part of school, which was working on group projects where, where, the, where the assignment was so large yep. that you divvied up. Okay. You research this part of it and share your findings and then i'll add this and we all come together with a six point attack on this project i was never good at it because i always wanted to just control everything i wanted to just have control 
over my own destiny. So I didn't you don't want like to change you. You get your control freak. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I'm going to get an A or an F, I want work, it yeah. to be on my terms. You know, not I on. I don't disagree with you. Not depending on uh, Eric to do his I part. Mean, and, yeah, and definitely would not. I'd leave, I'd leave you out to dry. And that's probably why I was single for so long before I got married. Uh, <laughs> because you got married at the late age of twenty-five or what? No, no, I was close. <laughs> I was close to the ancient years of thirty. Roger, oh yes. no, <laughs> you're like most normal East Coasters, yeah, not Utah. Most normal humans, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I took care of you on the other side. I got married the first time at eighteen. Oh geez, yeah that that'll get things started for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, my kids learned from my. Uh, <laughs> my arrogance well that's our 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 child our child our child or maybe someday children they'll have all their kid all their friends parents will be 10 20 years younger than their mom and dad uh and, and, and so i'll be at my kids my oldest uh kids graduation let's see uh she was born when i was 33 so what's that i'm gonna be 51 not too bad not It'll too bad. Yeah. So I'm not going to be ancient, but I definitely will no. look around that day at the other parents and go, you're old enough to have kids that are 18? What's going no, on I was, here? I was 54 when my youngest graduated. When your youngest graduated? See, yeah, see. when my youngest graduated, my oldest graduated, I was uh, 40. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, but, you married the third, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did we get here? What, oh, we were talking about GM and Honda. Yeah. And somehow and, we got and, to and this. Groups. And you <laughs> took so long to get married. You just never know where we're going down with travel. Uh, uh, 35 car hacks every driver should know. Now, we're not going to read all they? 35. What's the number one car hack? But this number one, I have tried... And it works about half the time, but every time I try it, I'm going, what am I doing to myself? It says, increase the range of your key fob by doing what? Stick it to your chin. Putting it under your chin, exactly. Yep. And turns, it somehow reaches further. Antenna. It turns you into an antenna. But, 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 That's what, an old car guy trick. But what are you putting through your brain by doing that? So I don't what? Know. You put your phone up by your head, a little <laughs> key radio is not going to hurt you. <laughs> There's radio waves going through you at 24 7, 365 days a year. I say this to you as I'm wearing headphones, talking to you over microwaves uh, uh -huh. while while looking at a computer that's emanating the internet into my eyeballs. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the least of your worries. Uh, the next thing is the old, the old, the old penny trick uh, on the on the tire. On the tires. You make yeah. sure uh, Lincoln's head is showing the right amount or not showing the right amount. I can't. I never remember. You don't want his head to show, right? That's the whole Correct. idea. If it's all head shows, you need tires. Now, this one I've tried, and I but promise it's... There's wear bars on tires, so you can see that, too. Yeah, right. I've tried this third one, and it doesn't work. What's uh, that? Pull out your dents with a toilet plunger. Um, You have to have a really strong plunger. You can, you can do it with a plunger. You can do it with glue sticks. Glue it to the car. Heat them up, glue it to the car, and I've, pull. I've seen people try that, too, and that just ruins their paint. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's one of the things they tell you to do. No, yeah. I, you call paint, paintless dent repairman. That's what they know how to do. Yeah, I uh, 
I spend the 65 or 100 bucks and get it done right. I've learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> I bought this little kit on Amazon that in, that involved hot gluing and and pulleys and cranks and levers and essentially it was a toilet plunger uh, that I yeah. spent $35 on and then it it did get the dent out but it left a nice crease on the on the car still. So Well the cre- the crease was there. If you're creased even a paintless dent repair guy can't get that out. Yeah, it was too big of a dent. But yeah, if, there, if there's a crease or the paint's broken, you need to go to a body shop. Uh, and then last one we'll share with you this week, and we'll we'll save some of these for other shows. This one is uh, one that all of us can use, can try real easily these days. You can unfreeze the keyhole, if you have an old enough car to have a keyhole, uh, by loading it up with what? Hand sanitizer. Squirt, the, squirt liquid hand sanitizer right out of the bottle, or put it directly onto the key, the alcohol in the hand sanitizer will heat up the ice and quickly unfreeze yeah. the whole thing. I've also seen so, people so scrape their windshields was, with it. Yeah. When was the last time that you had a lock freeze up? I've never had it, ever. Neither. I mean, the other way you can do that, it would be harder to do it now with the way the keys are, but when it was all metal keys, you would take a cigarette, a uh, Bic lighter and just heat up the key in the... In the, ah. in the uh, and then brand your arm just for the heck of it. if it's that cold you usually have gloves on silly <laughs> that's my key yeah yeah that's my key well I, uh, I will always have a copy of my key with me if i lose it <laughs> roger it's been a fun week let's do awesome. it again soon thank you you have a good week he's roger parkin general sales manager of mark miller subaru southtown for eric jensen behind the glass Our thanks to everyone that called in and shared with us this week. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week on Utah Car Sense.